Welcome to Embrace the Grain, a photography podcast where I discuss everything photography related. I'm Sherry Christensen and I hope you will enjoy the show. On to our next segment. So today I was thinking about digital cameras and film cameras. Digital versus film, right? We've all heard it before. So which one is better? Neither. They are both very good tools to have in our toolkits, right? Sometimes digital is the better choice. Sometimes film is the better choice. Now, there are times where I've gotten caught up in the hype of I shoot film and film is better. And then every once in a while you get a little knock on the head, you know, kind of goes. And hey, maybe digital could have been better here. And, you know, it got me to thinking. There are a couple times in the last year when I've been shooting film pretty much exclusively And my digital camera would have been a better choice. Like when I went to the aquarium last summer, I've never been to an aquarium. So I didn't know it was going to be so dark. And I had loaded up 100 speed film and I had a 50 millimeter 1.4 and I had a 24 uh, 2.8 on my Nikon F80 and I got in there and I had the 24 on there and that just didn't work because I can't hand hold a camera at 8 to 10 seconds and it was very very crowded in there so things like tripods which I left at home anyway just wouldn't have worked like it was very crowded So I swapped out in my purse. I had my 50. And that's a a nifty little rig, that Nikon F80. It's smaller than my Nikon F100. And it basically will do exactly the same thing. And with those two lenses, it's a perfect travel kit. So I swapped out for the 50mm 1.4. And I was getting meter readings at 15 to 30 seconds. Now, they're still really slow, right? But some of the fishes don't move very fast. And I can handhold a camera at 1 30th of a second most of the time. And sometimes if I lean up against the wall at 1 15th of a second. Now, clearly, I did not bring my digital camera. And I, I should have brought one. I have a small Sony A5000. It's not the newest, but it's teeny tiny. Like it's small as some cell phones and or an Olympus stylus. It's about the same size as the stylus Epic. It also takes fantastic photos. Why didn't I take it? You know, that was kind of a mistake on my part. And I got to thinking about it, and you know, I probably wouldn't have had to worry about 
camera shake and uh, movement of the animals if I had taken it. It was the better tool. And I didn't include it in my toolbox because I got caught up in the film is better hype. Yes, I do like film for um, bright situations, even indoors, as long as there's decent light. The color rendition of everything is just better. And I actually, I hate sitting and editing JPEGs or raw files on the computer. So there's that to it too. And, but it would have been the, the clear better choice in that situation. And you know, I do shoot digital. I do shoot film. Why don't I include both tools in my toolkit? You know, that's kind of foolish in a way, isn't it? So I'm going to head out on holidays again here in a couple weeks. And I've been thinking about what am I going to put in my travel bag. So once again, I'm going to take that trusty Nikon F80 with the nifty 50 and the 24 millimeter lens. And we're going to be spending a lot of time by the pool and we are Oceanside. So I want to take along my Minolta Weathermatic. It, it's bright yellow. It's kind of ugly. But man, does it take great photos. And I don't have to worry about it getting wet. So I'm taking those two cameras for sure. And I thought, I'm going to take three cameras. Now, should I take my frugal film camera? Well, that's another film camera. Or maybe throw that Sony in there. Maybe I should. And so I decided, yes, I'm going to take the Sony A5000 along with the Nikon F80 and the two prime lenses and my Minolta Weathermatic. And that's all I'm taking because I'm going to have to be packing this stuff around. And over time, I've learned a lesson. Pack light, take more film, less cameras, and just enjoy the trip and not worry about your gear. You know, and I've also fell into the trap where you take everything and you've got to lug this great big case through the airport. And by the time you get to the plane, you can hardly lift the bag into the overhead compartment. And another thing, <clears throat> excuse me, allergy season, I have a dry throat. I am what you would call vertically challenged. So getting that great big case up into the overhead compartment, it's difficult. In fact, it sucks. So... When I take a small kit like this, I can just put it in an over-the-shoulder um, carry-on and it fits under the seat in the plane. So there you go. It's small, it's light, I can pack it around and call that my purse and my carry-on still goes in the overhead but it's not full of camera gear. It's got film and a few clothes in it and that, that's all I need. Small and light is definitely the way to go here. Yeah, so there's also a couple other times when I've developed up my film and thought, 
digital would have been the better choice here. It's convenient. Sometimes it just does a better job in low light. You're not worrying because you have the full uh, ISO triangle to play with, right? And uh, you don't have that with film. And it just does better in low light. And I thought, you know, it would be pretty cool to go out and take some pictures of the resort at night and maybe a few things around by the ocean at night because I'm a prairie girl. I don't get to see the ocean very often. So that's a treat, right? Yeah. So digital might be my best option there. I don't really want to fly with high speed film. I've flown before with film with no issue, but it's always 800 speed and under. So yeah. When else would digital be better? Oh yeah, I went to, my grandson had his very first skating carnival and it happened it was on expired film day, right? So I thought, well, I'll shoot him on film and I've got some Fuji Superior 1600 that's still good because I used some like a couple months earlier and it was just fine. It's been cold stored. So I loaded that up into my Nikon and grabbed my 70 to 200 2.8 lens and slapped on the front and off I went. And usually the arena is nice and bright. They have good lighting, nice LED lights, not the old fluorescence that leave everything that lovely shade of yellow. <laughs> and off I went and shot this roll of film at his carnival. They weren't horrible pictures, but when I got them done, I looked at them and I thought, this could have been so much better if I just would have used digital. Because when they decorated, they used a black backdrop. So it was a metering nightmare. You've got very, very bright white ice with a very black background. So it just kind of threw things off a little bit. So that that's another instance where digital would have been the better tool. So don't get caught up in the hype of one's better than the other. They're both excellent. We have the ability to use both. Why don't we? We should. Even if it's not a super fancy one, like my little Sony's not a super fancy camera. It is travel worthy. It will do the job fantastically. And that's all I need for that. I do have a DSLR, a nice one, but it's too big and heavy to carry around. And I already have one SLR in my bag two aren't going to fit. So that's going to be my kit. So I'm going to take a little break here and when we come back I'll talk a little bit about traveling with film. If you were wishing for it way back last Father's Day and you had to go through the whole summer without it. You kept your fingers crossed on your birthday, but no luck. And she didn't even come through on your anniversary. And then you kind of looked for it at Christmas, but uh-uh. Mister, maybe your time has come at last. 
Polaroid announces an economy model of the famous color pack camera for half the price of the original. Same great film, same fast loading, same electric eye. You get the same beautiful color prints in 60 seconds, black and white in 10 seconds, in the same big size. Yet Polaroid has figured out a way to bring it out for only half the price of the original model. Who knows? Maybe she's wrapping it up right now. So I mentioned earlier that I'm going on vacation with film, right? Now, I have flown with film before, and there's a million ways to do it, but I'll share with you what I did. And it's maybe not the perfect way, but I've never had any issues. So I take my 35 millimeter film, and I mostly shoot color, but I do the same for black and white. We all have those opaque uh, white canisters, the ones that you can see through. I throw my rolls in those, even the black and whites that come in the black ones. I swap them out so that the customs officials, they can see what's in the canisters. And for 120 I do take it out of the box, but I leave it in the foil wrapper. And I take a piece of tape and I write on the tape what film stock it is. Because some sometimes it uh, is hard to read like quickly exactly what's in there. And I'll be honest, I don't shoot with my glasses on. So I can't read the tiny print without my glasses. So writing on it in bigger writing allows me to see that. And I also write on there the expiry date so that when I get home, anything I haven't used, I can put back in its box for storage. I feel it helps protect the film better. And I just throw those, I put the 120 in one Ziploc bag and the 35 millimeter in a second Ziploc bag and I'll put them in one larger Ziploc. And in the bottom of my bag, I put two more Ziploc bags. And those are for what is exposed. And I write on the outside of the bag, exposed. So it's just more organized when I get home. I don't have to sort through anything I didn't use because it's better to take a little more film than you need than run out when you're there and have to try and find it, right? So that's what I do. <clears throat> and I've never had problems with running the film through the x-ray machine and I've never requested a hand check. Lots of people do, but for 800 speed and under, it's just fine to run it through the, the x-ray machine. And to be honest, I've had film before I knew it was a thing that has been x-rayed multiple times and I've recently scanned those old negatives and there was no damage to them. They looked the same as things that hadn't been x-rayed so I don't know how much hype that is or not. It could be. I've never run into it so I don't know. It's just my experience. Now maybe it's because I'm using 800 and under. I'm not sure. I'm sure 3200 
film would be more susceptible to damage. But like I say, I don't know for sure. And as for cameras, I have went through customs easily before and one instance not so easily. So I mentioned earlier that I travel with a very small bag and I'm also a very solid packer. I can get a lot into that small bag and normally they just x-ray it and one time they had a double look at my Roliflex and determined it really was a camera and not a bomb. And the guy says, oh, cool camera, right? Yes, it, it is a cool camera, but, you know, that time. But usually it's just they x-ray it and, and you go through. But last time I came home, it was take everything out of the bag with the lenses off. Now, she didn't ask me to open them. Normally, <clears throat> excuse me, I fly with, <coughs> excuse me again, with uh, empty cameras in case they want to open them. But last time I came home with one that still had some in it. And I was just thinking, she's telling me, take everything out and take all the lenses off and the lens caps off and she was very thorough which she's doing her job I'm not complaining or anything she's doing her job I told her I'm going to need four buckets and she looked at me strangely because my entire bag open would fit in one bucket I said but by the time you get the lenses off and you get everything out it's four buckets worth right so I did all of that and she went through it all with a fine tooth comb but didn't ask to open anything thankfully but it was kind of crazy and it made me think you know I did have five cameras in my bag maybe maybe that's why she went through there so now I limit myself to three cameras three cameras is all I'm going to put in there and see if that makes any difference now I don't know if it was just that day she decided to pick me or what but that's what happened to me and it wasn't a strange airport I've flown out of that airport before with no issues so I don't know what it was it was kind of crazy though and then getting everything back in there and people are waiting and it was not a pleasant experience for anyone you know, and of course she was going to grab the buckets and shove them through and I wouldn't let her because I said, that's my camera gear. I want, want to be able to see it go through and get it on the other end. And so she did accommodate me there. But uh, yeah, flying with film is not a problem. As long as you're well organized and have everything uh, marked and so that they can see at a glance what it is it's not a problem don't worry about flying with your film so now we'll move on to our next segment from the dustiest bin darkest shelf the hidden gem or the crappiest camera 
Here's the woman who wants to save them all and her adventures in thrifting. What's today's bargain? Now this is where I'm going to talk about uh, my love for finding the cheap, the unloved, the forgotten, things they find in a thrift store or even sometimes on eBay or Kijiji or wherever. And I just, I really love searching and hunting for these cameras. Some I keep, some I let go. But the fun is buying them, trying them, and then deciding if there's something there that I really love or someone else can have it. They might love it, right? So today um, I'm going to talk about the Canon Elan 2. Now, I got this camera in a job lot on eBay. There were roughly 10 cameras in the box. And I got a really good deal on it. Now, these were very, very dirty. In fact, these are some of the dirtiest cameras I've ever seen in my life. It looked like they'd been sitting on a box for 5 to 10 years open with all sorts of dirt just flying in there so when they were sold they were sold as is I didn't know if they would work but that's kind of the fun of opening that box right so in the box there were a couple Canon Rebel G's or maybe they were the S model yeah they were the S and uh, one had a lens and one didn't and the one that had a lens on it, um, the shutter was completely broken on it. So it, it was a dud. However, it had a lens on it. And the other one, the other Canon Rebel S, it seemed to dry fire properly. I still haven't tested it out. That's to come. But uh, in there was a Canon AV1 and, and a T90 and... A few other goodies, a couple practicas in there. But the Elan 2 really piqued my interest because uh, it looked like a pretty full-featured, uh, beefy camera. So I took the lens off the Rebel S that wasn't working, and it was a 35-105, to 105, and nothing spectacular. It's fairly slow. It's a 4.5 to a 5.6. But actually, if you go and shoot uh, landscape, your f-stop doesn't really matter. Because usually you're at f8 or, or higher. So a slower lens can produce some pretty awesome landscape work, right? Now, I went and grabbed out of the fridge. I have some expired film that I use for testing things. And... Um, I grabbed a roll of Fuji Superior 400 and it had expired in 2014 but it's been in the fridge so it's expired but it's still good and I set the ISO for 200 to compensate for its age and maybe give uh, the photos a little more light like I like to so uh, off I went and shot that roll and the camera handled beautifully everything seemed to be working properly and 
I kind of really liked it, right? So I got in and unloaded the camera and developed it and wah, wah, something's wrong. It looked as if the ISO was set at the proper 400 or maybe the metering was off and I thought this this just doesn't look right here so I got talking to a few friends online that had used an Elan b before and one of them had mentioned that uh, there was a custom menu and since I didn't have any book or anything I went on to uh, Botkus's site for the camera manuals. If you haven't checked out his site, it's well worth it. He has pretty much every manual you will ever need, and it's free to use. However, he does ask for a donation to keep the site running. So once a year, I do give him a nice donation because I find the site extremely useful. And... Uh, I found all these custom menus in there and I noticed on this one that auto ISO that was uh, reading the DX code so there was the issue with that so even though I had set the dial at 200 it would still shot it at 400 so that explained why everything was so purple and muddy and looked extremely expired when it shouldn't have and I found a few other really nifty custom functions like you can uh, leave the leader out um, just a few other little things that I found really nice and I got it all set up and put the second roll in there and went out and gave it a whirl for the second time and now I used the same film to see if I ha would get the same issue. I think I have about six more rolls of that in the fridge to use up. But it's a good indication if I use the same film and get the same issue, then I know something's wrong with the camera, right? So I went and I shot it and came in and developed it the next day and had a look at it, scanned it, and problem solved. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this camera. Now my copy of the Elan 2 doesn't have the eye focus in it. Um, I'm not sure exactly what model but I think it's the one after it. the With the E on it I think and mine doesn't have that. But that's okay because I think I paid with the camera that didn't work out my cameras in the box roughly translated into about 12 bucks so yeah that was a pretty darn good deal 12 bucks for an elan 2 and and there was a lens to use on it now i mainly shoot nikon so my canon choices for lenses are really limited i have a few kit lenses and i have a 40 millimeter pancake and I have a nifty 50 1.8 and that's it but this lens even though it's slow it's actually impressed me because for landscape photography you don't need a super fast lens and this one will go pretty wide to zoom in a little bit 
And since for that you're shooting normally f8 or higher, this lens is totally, totally acceptable. Will I keep it? I think I'm going to keep this one. I actually really like it. There's features on it I haven't used before. And I do prefer to shoot in full manual mode. And this is nicely laid out with the two dials. Not like my Canon Rebel G, which only has the one. So, yeah. I think, think when that Rebel G dies off, that this is going to take its place. And that, my friends was my first adventures in thrifting. I hope you've enjoyed the show and I hope you'll join me again. I'd really love to hear from you. So drop me a line on Instagram at embrace the grain or on Instagram at rule root one film on Facebook, Sherry Christensen, RR one photography or on my website, rr1photography.com. Bye for now.